mixtures. <coughs> okay, I think that's fine. I never really see that. That's that's a okay. good thing. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to um, Rainbow Nation. Our exciting eleventh episode. Yay, number eleven. So today we have Suzo Hickey with us, who is an artist, a resident of Prince Rupert. Hi, Suzo. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. We're actually in Suzo's studio, which is fun to say. Yeah, and we'll take pictures and... It's actually in the the, the longhouse? Is yeah. that... I, I don't, don't even know what, what the official name is. The Museum of Northern BC, I guess is its official name, and we're oh, in the you know, okay. west wing. That's west, yeah. So are there other, like, artists, studios... Um, yeah. I don't think so. No. Uh, I share the studio with Mike Allenbach, who's a photographer. Okay. Um, but I don't think there's any other artist studios that I know of. That'd be kind of cool if there were. It would be nice. Right? Like I a, would like it. Have like a loft upstairs or something and Some tours. a sculpture room or... <laughs> be, it would be fantastic. That would be very yeah. cool. Ah, things to look forward to. Yeah. I'm surprised like the um, North Pacific doesn't have something like that. Right? Yeah, out in Port Ed. Oh, the cannery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I, I don't know, whenever I've been out there for intertidal, it's that was really cool just to wander around and just see all the spaces. Mm-hmm. And that'd be a really awesome space for something like this, for sure. I mean, your your visuals out there would be Amazing. something else. So, my burning question is, what brought you back to Prince Rupert? The price of houses. <laughs> you were living in Vancouver. I was living in Vancouver. Um, but also my partner has MS, is in a wheelchair, and we were going to have to move from the house that we were living in. We had a really nice basement suite that we could, but it wasn't 100% accessible, so the washroom. So things just started becoming an issue for her and around disability. Mm-hmm. And so we'd been thinking about not living in Vancouver where we're never going to buy a house. We missed that boat, mm-hmm. that ship and sail or whatever the expression is. Um, and actually, when I came up here with my mother's ashes, my mother was born in Prince Rupert. Okay. She still had two sisters here at that time when she died. And then I thought, oh, why don't we live here? I still have lots of cousins, and mm-hmm. it's affordable. We could buy a house and make it accessible. Right. And, um, and, I, and I loved it here when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I hadn't lived here since I was 12, but I'd been back a few times. But there had been a big gap when I hadn't, and I think that... And also I came up with my daughter who was at that time, I think maybe 26, and she was living in Montreal and thought she thought I could live here. So she actually, before I moved back, moved, moved here from Montreal. Wow. And uh, then we bought a house, my partner, my daughter and I, and she lived in it for about four years before we finally moved up and now we're all living there, which is great because Emma needs a lot of assistance and this really makes things easier for us to have her and her partner help us out. So oh, yeah, that's great. That's one awesome. big happy family in our little house. <laughs> but it's so so it was it was just different things. Yeah. And the other thing about this place is about Rupert is that it's not too hot and it doesn't get a lot of snow in the winter. Yeah. Which yeah. if you're in a wheelchair yeah. or if you have MS right. when the heat really affects you and you can't you know, the heat you just 
hide away from it. Here you can actually sit in the sun. Right. It doesn't get, you know, we went into the interior this summer and it was 30 and so it doesn't get yeah, it's oh, hot. ridiculous. Yeah, it's fun to visit on a holiday, but to live in the heat is not. So it's got this great, cl- it's just had a whole bunch of things that came together and that's so here. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. How's the community been since you've been back? Like, what do you notice? Do you notice the community has changed? Like, you said you left when you were 12. I so. was a kid, so, yeah. you know, I, yeah, what I, the, mo- the biggest change is that the population is back down to about when I li- moved in 1971. It's probably around that, 12,000. Okay. Um, but a lot of empty stores. And when I was a kid, mm-hmm. there was no empty stores. Mm-hmm. Right. So even though it's the same population, things have changed in terms of is it, the road between here and Terrace is way right. better than yeah. when I was a kid. Right. So, that's, so it's an easy drive, and everybody has sort of better cars or more cars. And, <laughs> and my mother didn't even drive when we left here. My grandparents never learned to drive. But um, it's, and it's online shopping probably is the other thing where there's all this mm-hmm. stuff available. So I think it's hard to keep a business going here. Yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is kind of sad. But I guess it's everywhere around they're yeah. all small communities. And all of a sudden, you live in a little town, but you can get anything you want. It's hard not to, to stay off the internet. <laughs> well, and it can be it, delivered to your door, right? I know. Which is just so convenient. As long as you have patience for like the delivery time. Well, when I found out that I could... I always bought artist supplies from Opus on Granville Island. And it mm. just was... Getting on Granville Island is such a pain in the neck. <laughs> and then I came up here and found out that if you order over $150, the shipping is free. And I thought, I could Done that. I, I didn't have to go there. I know what I want. Yeah. So it was, it's, it was kind mm-hmm. of funny. I think all that time I was trying to yeah. like, driving around Carolina looking for a place to park. That's like I the most been. ridiculous, like con- trying to get in and out of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it's a weekend, it's like yeah. me parking. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they went to Emily Carr, so I did do my years mm-hmm. on there. But, uh, um, yeah. Wow. Well, that is Emily Carr's off of Gravel Island, but I guess Opus is still there. <laughs> How long were you at Emily Carr for? Um, three years. I started in the second year. Okay. And uh, I liked Emily Carr. It was, it was great because it gives you this excuse that I have to do art. That's my job. So mm-hmm. I can just do that. And my kids were, I guess, I guess they were, one was in elementary school and one was just starting high school at that time, so they were mm-hmm. little, so that was kind of made it easy. They get themselves home from school and they can like take that, care of so, themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, so you recently just had an art show. How did that go? What? It was good. A lot of people came to the opening and they have a little guest book so you can go in. And it was brilliant because it's just right here, yeah. You know, yeah. 50 feet away, and it's completely covered the whole, you know, right from mm-hmm. out the door and in another door, so that is <laughs> Transportation, oh. Transporting everything. Else. You don't have to put it in your car. Yeah, <laughs> you just run across the hall. Yeah, worry about parking and make sure it's like it doesn't get wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so that was, that was really lovely. I love those kinds of things. But, um, so I went back more often probably than I would have normally, because mm-hmm. it was right there. And you check the, and so people were continually going to the show throughout the time it was up, so that was kind of nice. And it was up all of December and January. Mm-hmm. I guess nice. it, the opening was November 23rd, so it was well attended, which is good. That's, That's awesome. Great. I'm getting support. I was, you know, I was sort of an unknown entity when I first moved here, but now I'm sort of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Your Instagram is amazing, like just the posting mm-hmm. of your paintings and stuff. Do you name your paintings or? Yeah, just sort of vague names. You name I name them so that when later I read it, I can remember what the painting is. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. what is this painting? Because after a while, 
And so people that do untitled, you know, yeah. good luck later. Remember, <laughs> you think, well, always know what these people bought. And it's like, what did they get? Untitled. <laughs> so that's really, mm-hmm. it's just kind of, to me, I don't, I don't put a lot into this. It's funny because I went to Wells last fall with, four other women painters and mm-hmm. we had a fantastic I have a time. friend going to do that um, this spring break so she's to Wells and oh, okay we painting. just did the we did the un, uh, just our own sort of self-directed residency so we just stayed at one place and went to the studios every day and then at night we just tried to change the world in our minds <laughs> what, what is Wells? Um, it's Wells is you know Barkerville is in BC? If you keep going, you keep going past Prince George, and then on okay. your way down to Cornell, you take a little mm-hmm. side side, side street towards Wellsbury Park. Oh, okay. And so the town of Wells is a little mining town, but it's become this big arts community. Wow. And they have a music fest and a theater mm-hmm. concert. Well, it's just kind wow. of amazing. They have artists and residencies. They have the Northern Exposure Conference there, which is just for a lot of it's for managers and that kind of thing to just mm-hmm. deal with like touring in the north and okay. things like that. Cool. So and it's a tiny, beautiful. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Wow. So, so a lot of artists are going there and hanging out for four days, five days, retreats. Yeah, just and it's it's economical to go, mm-hmm. and it's quite nice. And the the place you stay in has two kitchens, and you know, so you can just so like all year round. That's I, I wonder. We were there in October, so probably yeah. I think it's maybe in the depth of winter. I'm not sure. They'll get a lot of snow, but that would be yeah. fun too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't want to drive there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I didn't drive. I just rode in a car. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like back roads and crazy... No, it's highways. It's yeah. a more minor highway. Once you leave the major one, Yeah, it's still a... It, yeah, it's a... I don't know what it would be like in the winter. It would be snowy. Yeah, it would be a lot of snow, I think. And when you think, oh, I just want to move to Wales, I think, oh. Do I? <laughs> in January, do I want to be here when I have to drive an hour down this road and then another, like, two hours to Quenelle to get... Yeah. Yeah. Because if I run out of milk... Yeah, yeah. I and mean, they have corner stores there. And mm-hmm. hope, hope they, like, yeah. plow all the highways and stuff yeah. like that for you. It's not that... Yeah, they do have... We've actually stores. been pretty lucky here. It hasn't... Yeah. It's I mean, down south that's getting all this. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Ah. Yeah. You know, all the traffic. Yeah. Yeah. All the cars without snow tires and all the snow. Yeah. yeah. Scariness. Um, so I think we'll take a picture for our Instagram too, but what's the inspiration behind this painting? This painting is, is a commission, and the woman who commissioned it, a long time ago I had done a painting in Vancouver that had a, a similar sky, and she just thought that was sort of an inspirational sky. She loved it, and did I want to do anything ever using that sky again? And I thought, mm-hmm. well, I, I could, and she drives a lot between... I think they're moving, the family's moving to um, uh, Salmon Run. Okay. And, um, but they drove a lot between Terrace and Prince Rupert. And I said, well, I got, you know, why don't I do something along the Skeena? That's awesome. And, uh, so what's, what's, sorry, what's the name of it? Do, do you have a, a name for it? The name of it is, so that's kind of it. That's the inspiration. It's absolutely beautiful. All your paintings are. Um, Do you take a picture before you do your painting? I take lots of photographs. And then um, just uh, kind of go from there. You could mess with it. Mostly I omit things. Um, Like these street things. Like, you know, first I get rid of all the cars. 
And then they prune bushes and take up trees and move them around and change the color. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, I know, because sometimes people say, oh, this house, when did you take this? This house was, I don't remember it ever being yellow. It's like, well, maybe it never was yellow. Oh, that that one is yellow there. But it's just, you know, I just, I do take artistic liberty. It's not really, I'm not really trying to paint portraits of the, I just want the feel of of the streets and the kind of houses and just that landscape and just the feeling. Mm -hmm. But, uh. That one is awesome. Well, they're all awesome. So, but I mean, I like... Yeah. Moving from here, from in Vancouver, where all of the streets of Vancouver were lined with, you know, they would all be cherry trees or they would right. be maples or oaks like or whatever. Grits. But they, in the winter, when all those trees lost their leaves, they just became mm-hmm. these fantastic. It was just beautiful painting these trees with their branches and, you know, the stormy wow. skies. And coming here, it's a lot of evergreen trees. So <laughs> thinking of a way to do that in a new, like just do evergreen trees in an interesting way. <laughs> so I've done a lot of experimenting on <laughs> big blocks of yeah. Right. Wow. No, it's, it's amazing. Um, when did you realize you had this talent? Like, were you always drawing? drawing as a child? I was always drawing as a kid. My dad did a lot of drawings and he used to give me these pens where you would, you know, dip them in the ink. And so I kind of took, and he had lots of how to draw books and little things cool. that he has. So, and I was the one that liked drawing, and so I would draw all these little things on how to draw cats and how to draw people and how right. to feel happy, sad. <laughs> I remember seeing those on the back of like comic books, where they yeah, where they would teach a squirrel, you. and then it was like, yeah. draw this and send it in, and maybe you'll get called or something like that. So, what do you, do you have like people who inspire you yourself, like oh, all manner of. Just artists that I know personally that have helped, that have done critique of my work and helped me along, or yeah. that, that are kind of inspirational. They just do beautiful work, um, and uh, then there's famous painters. I didn't start painting till I went to I went to art school first in Kamloops, and that's when I first started painting. And what I loved about painting was you can just make mistakes and paint over. Like you can just <laughs> you can, It's a very good medium for experimenting because you can yeah. just take a chance and if that's an ugly color you can paint another color and if that's right. all wrong you can you can shift mm-hmm. the painting as it goes along so it's kind of it was perfect and I oil painting I found very difficult because it took a long time to dry and I was I don't know whether it's so it's mushing colors they all went brown and so but acrylic paint I like is it dries really fast and so I can paint really fast and just do layers and layers and layers of things mm-hmm. and um, so it was so painting, I just, I did a lot. I did a lot of drawing, and I never really draw anymore. No. My daughter Jessica does drawing now. That's amazing drawing, which and so it's kind of, it's kind do of you, fun to see her stuff. And, do you do any other like mediums for for your art, like, or is it just just the paint? No, just the painting. Yeah. That's the thing I I like. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish I was better at art. <laughs> it was a heavy-duty colorer, but um, it was something I never took in high school. And, wow. Yeah. My, I, I used to love watching my grade two teacher, Miss McIntosh, how she would just mm-hmm. color. You know, coloring is just so yeah. therapeutic, right? Yeah. You could just sit there, and I wonder now, like, was that her therapy? Because, I mean, it, was, it looked perfect. Of course, in grade two, everything looks perfect from an adult. Yeah. But Even the adult coloring books, I think... Got a lot of people 
at an older age coloring again and yeah. and into art. Are you planning another show? Like, do you yeah, know? there's one. I have one in Vancouver at the end of May, mm-hmm. and uh, so I have to get going on that. A lot of this art can just go down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. I need to uh, do a few new things. Yeah, I really want to do more. I, this one was really geared for being in Rupert because it was, I think, except for one painting, which was sort of a scene of. Um, Outside of Smithers, along the highway, mm-hmm. um, they're all just from Rupert, and wow. so I want. But I, what I want to do is start doing more of this, just sort of the, just the total landscape, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and messing with that, I did a show last year in Vancouver where it was along the Nishka Highway, pictures like Lava Lake, and then oh, nice. some of the Skeena, and so yeah, just the, the landscapes, so just to be done with the houses for a bit. Yeah, because <laughs> they require angles. <laughs> Take yourself out of like, like that. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you give yourself timelines for when you do a piece, or is it just something where that just kind of evolves? And sometimes it goes really fast, and some some you know the, the ones sometimes the ones that go really fast are sometimes the nicest one because everything just falls into place and it yeah. looks good. And it's uh, it takes longer like it takes longer to do the background of this painting than the foreground. Right. In, a, in this case, because it's, it's sort of a neurotic background, but I do it in all the paintings, and then it's. It just started, I started doing that because I really, at the end of the day, you have paint left over and acrylic paint doesn't last. Oil paint lasts a long time, but acrylic paint will die overnight. So I would just paint it on the next canvas coming along, just, <laughs> just fill in the background so it wasn't wasted. Then I started directing it more. I would do that, and then I, I also paint over old paintings if I just don't like them after a while. I will just put a new painting on top. And that, but then, then it comes through, and you just—it's kind of interesting because you don't really know what it's going to look like, uh-huh. which is good. So you put these backgrounds in, and then start. Then I draw the image, and then I start painting over that. And then it's just like, when should I stop? Like, how much of that background should I cover up? Sometimes it almost all goes, and sometimes like that one does a lot stays. Um, you know. Right. Um, when you when you're painting, do you listen to music or audiobooks? Audiobooks, yeah. Okay. That's how I read now. Well, so it reads too. <laughs> the only problem is there's not as many available as I would like. So sometimes I'm, you know. And if I don't like them, sometimes I just don't like the person reading it. Yeah. Like their voice. And I find them annoying. Right. And then I'll... <laughs> but I, I love audiobooks. I listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, the books are my favorite because it's, lo- it's a long story. And sometimes I just want to get down there because I want to know <laughs> yeah. what's going on in my book. Um, and I do listen to music. But the the audiobooks is the number one thing, and then podcasts and music. So. That's that's kind of cool because it's like you're escaping into someone else's narrative, but creating your own. Well, my friend Lynn Cochiani, who's a painter in this town, she mm-hmm. sometimes listens to audiobooks too. And then you, for a long time, you associate the painting with the, the audio. <laughs> like it just reminds you of this thing, and, and that fades after time, but it sticks for. If you just right. listen to one. Yeah book for a big bulk of the painting it's gonna just that painting is just gonna it's like that corner's J.K. Rowling and... yeah. <laughs> sometimes I get that when I'm you know if it's a certain time of year and a song comes out and then right. you hear that song five years later and you could go right yeah. back in yeah, time yeah. as to oh you know this came out and Yes, our brain's a funny thing. Even like smells, like certain suntan lotions that I'm sort of across the harbor at at five years old because it's that's all everyone smelled like the suntan lotion. But yeah, it's sort of funny. That's awesome. I once got a book from the library, and I wish I owned the book. It was just 
I think 25 artists in the studios, and they're all American artists, and most of them were in New York. And the guy that wrote the book made little scene, little sculptures and scenes of their little miniature versions of their studios and into the picture. That was his sort of contribution. But he asked the same questions of all of them, which I quite liked. And it was all they are, they were all asked what did they did they listen to? Some watch TV, like a lot of them watch sports. They just have oh, a sports wow. channel on, and it's just sort of yeah, you know, noise or yeah, and. Um, but a lot of them listen to audiobooks. Oh. So, because you can just, there's certain points when you're trying to make decisions where you can maybe zone out, but for the most part, it's really, you know, it's like driving right. a car. You can yeah. paint and listen to a book and follow right. along. Starting something is sometimes it's better to listen to the radio. The CBC I listen to a lot too. Yeah. yeah. A friend of mine was recommending one, I think it was through CBC, or um, a woman was basically kind of. Um, Recounting the um, what's that horrible guy with the big farm, Picton. No. Yeah, but she said it was a horrible subject. But the woman who was talking about it, like she said, she could just listen to her read the the phone book. Right. Yeah. Because her, you know, her cadence, her like tone, and just her rhythm was just so. Mm-hmm. Like she she'd drive from from work to home or whatever, and that's just what she would listen to. Or some whatever. So no, some people have great voices. Yeah, I really. And then there's certain authors I read that they get someone that reads their books, and they really people start associating that person, and they can't change. Like <laughs> and if something if that happens, and they can't get that person, then it's like oh my god. And I think it was. Um, I can't remember who was the Canadian author. Would it have been Louise Penny or that? Or someone that were the person died, and then it was just this kind of. Oh, you know, like yeah. Oh, this is this is the voice of my character for in the world of audiobooks. And, wow. Yeah. But. Who are some of the artists that have inspired you? Well, I like the painters. So I like the paint, and I and I like all those. So past the past the um, sort of Renaissance painters that were really into this hyper-realism, beautiful, mm. perfectly thing. So that out of that came all of that sort of mm-hmm. impressionist painting in France. And I really like, I like them a lot because they just had a really loose new way of painting, or at least a new way that started getting attention. So I like someone like Cezanne. Mm-hmm. And I like Van Gogh stuff. Um, I like Van Gogh too. Just, uh, it's amazing how your mind can go blank when you, I don't know nouns anymore or the names of people. Right. <laughs> so it's hard to. Do you so? Do you see your shows, or sorry, how have your shows, your presentations changed from when you were younger to? I used to be now? a figurative painter, so I did a lot of people, and okay. um, that changed about in two thousand and four. My son died. He was twenty four years old. He had a medical condition, but it was still a. It was mm-hmm. sudden, and I did a show at the Grunt Gallery then with two other artists, and um, and w- it was called Morificus, and it was Persimmon Blackbridge and Elaine Savoy and myself, and we just did these sort of three, a lot of three D art. We just did this massive installation, and it went, the art went. There was probably seventy five pieces of art in the little Grunt Gallery, and it was really tall, and it was quite. And it, I did that about. Marlon's death and there was no images of him but there was a lot of hearts sort of realistic hearts or the mm-hmm. old version of the heart mm-hmm. and with 
you know, sort of those sort of sacred hearths with the barbed wire and the little flames. And mm-hmm. so I did a lot of, and I actually sculpted some out of clay, not clay, but um, that stuff you, anyways. Mm-hmm. It's the thing you make teeth molds out of, and I can't even remember it has a name. Oh, um, it starts with an plaster? No. It's like not impressions, Paris, right? but it's, it's, yeah. it's, you pour this, this mm-hmm. little mold in it. Oh, okay. Anyway, so we made these molds and did a lot of, anyways, it was, and then I just, then I just didn't want to do, I didn't want to do art about, I had done sort of installation based art where I, we did this, I did this one with Emma, my partner, it was called You Fucking Fruit, which was about oh, name was calling in the queer that. community. <laughs> and we just did these, I mean, the whole installation was, I did these big giant paintings of fruit, but we did a video um, that Paul Lang filmed in, from Video In, and they, where we just asked our friends to come and eat fruit. <laughs> we filmed eating fruit, so there was the fruits eating fruit film, and oh um, just about, and the people came and wrote on a wall things they had been, you know, people that had yelled at them or called them or mm-hmm. wow. derogatory thing. So that's what the you fucking fruit was, and I had done another thing called Let Me Go Down the Mud about queer parenting and being just, or just <laughs> that thing of aging, and you're thinking you're hip and cool, but you're not, <laughs> and your kids are making fun of you because they just feel like, oh, now I'm like. Yeah. So there was, I did that kind of, and then I thought, I just want to paint. I just want to learn how to paint better. I want to paint more. I don't want to think of hard things, especially I don't want to deal with any issues. I don't want to be sad. I just, Mm -hmm. and I was going for walks and I'd moved from the cult that we've been living in. I just wanted to leave that side of town. We went to the east side of Vancouver because I worked over there anyways. And I was taking walks and um, thought I could just paint the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting, and it'll just give me, it should be really easy, it's about nothing, there's no content, I'll just mm-hmm. paint. And that's how that started, so I just started doing that, and then a few, I thought, this is fun. And mm-hmm. I just, it kept mutating how I was, how I was mm-hmm. doing that, and I found out that I could just keep, yeah. yeah. And I, I liked it, and then the kind of content comes, comes in anyways, you know, because mm-hmm. I was painting a certain... I was staying away from any, I was just sticking to my neighborhood, which Renfrew Collingwood mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of picturesque houses. It was kind of a neighborhood of a hodgepodge of places. And there was lots of big, those sort of big new mm, kind of, there was a lot of Vancouver specials which started actually looking kind of cool compared mm-hmm. to the, the newer ones. And right. whenever a house sells, they just take it out and put two in the place. And, you know, it's, but at the same time, it's kind of beautiful because it has these, it's up on a hill, it has these the North Shore Mountains and our street had a median down the middle I don't know why between Nanaimo and Renfrew on 22nd it just so mm-hmm. we had three rows of the cherry trees and then oh, wow. so they were pretty wild yeah and that's kind of beautiful and you're always looking through these power lines so that you don't even really notice until you've taken pictures and you think oh yeah there's <laughs> yeah poles so you kind of block that out. I'm looking at the view and I'm ignoring the fact that I'm going through 30 sets of power lines. <laughs> so it was that's how this this evolved into the, doing this um, this art, and really liked it, and really liked the fact that it was really fun just to paint uh-huh. and uh, be experimental and just do these things. That I yeah, then I started doing these sort of elaborate backgrounds, mm-hmm. and working those into the That's paintings. what I I love yeah. the backgrounds on the paintings. It's very well, textural. Going back to the the fruit show, I mean they're probably when you were doing it there was a bit of shock factor associated with it like it well, just it was in terms just, of the name calling it was and... it was just that you just hear that all the time but actually at the grunt gallery in the window it said 
you fucking fag, you fucking dyke, you fucking fruit. Something. So I had all those things. And it <laughs> I was, wish I could have went to that. It was kind of a, a, a shock. But it was like, you know, you're just standing there and people are yelling these things at you. And sometimes you're standing in a line getting into a gay bar and they're yelling these things at you like, wow. that's going to surprise you. Like, whoa. Yeah. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. <laughs> you're smart. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you what do you think has changed from then to the present time? Like I think we've come a long way. Where, I think so. Yeah. Um, like I haven't had that experience. I've had a few not so great moments in Vancouver. You know where some people haven't served myself and my friends. You know, and I think it's just based on the fact that we're gay. But. Do you think it's getting better? Do you... I think so. Generally, there's mm-hmm. a, there's a there's a lot more acceptance out in the mm-hmm. world in North America, anyways. It seems like, mm-hmm. but then there's po- I mean, there's always going to be pockets of hate, anyways. Right. Yeah. So, and they're going to hate all manner of people. You know, right. they're going to hate Mister Rogers. They're going to hate. Yeah. You know, they're going to. Yeah. There's always going to be haters. Yeah. yeah. But I think generally, overall, there seems to be a lot more acceptance, especially at the school level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, where right. mostly you kind of ignored it in high school. Like, just wait till I'm out of high school. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going yeah. to really come out. <laughs> yeah, not going to. I'll show you. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, but now it just, yeah, there seems to be, and it's, because it's more fluid now, so people are just shifting back and forth. So there's, you, you didn't have to pick a, you kind of had to pick a camp. Right. Yeah. And right. I'm happy with my camp. Yeah. But now, I think because, once you take that pressure off being one way or other, people are finding there's really any particular way they want to be. And so there's a lot of, mm-hmm. there's a lot of bisexuality. There's a lot of just experimentation where, you know, you're not going to have to risk your life to do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of, it's kind of nice. It just seems easier. I don't know whether it'd be more complicated that would make it more complicated to be a kid or right. than yeah. just pretending to be something for right. or, you know, but it's, it's all this, but I think the changes are, I think they're just good. Progressive. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know because I'm not in school and my kids are, like my daughter is 36. It's been a long time since my kids were in school. Mm-hmm. But even then, she thinks <laughs> having, you know, that she didn't get a lot of hassle either for having a, a mother that looked like me. In elementary school, I think there were a couple of times where she just was thought, oh God. I think that my son once said, oh, put on a hat. Like, <laughs> oh you know, like, sometimes they, have, they would have these moments where they're worried about what kids yeah. think. But yeah. just but yeah. smaller, and I don't think that happens as much anymore. And, like it was just yeah. them, not the actual, yeah. their no, friends. Or no, whatever. they weren't. I don't think they were ever bugged. I, I, yeah. There's yeah. no, but they just, sometimes they just think, I look so weird compared to the other mothers, so yeah. sometimes <laughs> that's just jarring for them, and they just yeah. get a little worried, but... Trying to be I think normal. they go through a natural yeah, you just, embarrassment of your parents. Because embarrassed of the parents. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Emma says yeah. her parent, her mother had an accent. Like, oh my God, don't talk. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> the, so it's, so yeah, there's a, something that some way you're going to be because your mother, because their haircut's bad or maybe you're right. they're too, yeah. way too much or they yeah. don't weigh enough or their clothes are stupid or your car is a wreck. Yeah. Or like I could fit in all those categories. Well, well it was, it was funny because... I think it was a couple of months ago, you know, my son has always known that I'm, I'm gay. And, and, you know, when we talk about things, you know, we talk about relationships, but a couple of months ago I was talking and I said something about being gay or whatever. And he goes, 
you're gay? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you weren't paying I've attention. been gay all along. And he goes, oh. And it was just kind of like a, a coming home. of age thing. Like, he's going to be turning 10. And it just wow. kind of clicked. But it is interesting with his friends because does not seem to be an issue they're all about you know you just are with the person that you fall in love with so i think the language has really changed yeah. and mm. and schools are coming along but and schools talk about it too which yeah helps. so which that never you're not happened. just yeah yeah which would not yeah and that's a really good thing because i don't like the word normal but normalizing things a little bit helps on that school age where yeah. it's just not you think yeah. i'm not saying anything because yeah. no one else has yeah. a parent like mine or that situation when my kids were in elementary school, the term that's so gay as it being a negative yes. thing was really yeah. big. Yeah. And they were saying that one day. And I said, like, why do you say that? You know where that comes from. And like, well, you know, well, I said, no, it's like, it's taking the word gay and then using that as a negative thing. And, and that never occurred to them there was any connection to the gay community that being things like, oh, that's so gay. Yeah. But because it they did, did go around and because around. They, they didn't, they would think. It never occurred to them that that was a negative way to be, so they'd never made this connection. And, but then once my son knew that, then he really used it just to irritate us because, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Oh, my Rebellion. God, now I'll say it only at home. Yeah. yeah, I'll say it all the time now. Yeah. I know. There's that yeah. danger of letting him in on anything. Yeah. But um, so it's, I like that at that level that it's, it's changing and so mm-hmm. it just makes mm-hmm. it, I think, easier all around for... And then when we were in high school, our neighbor, um, Susan Stewart, was a neighbor who's gay, and her daughter was the same age as Jessica, so they went through all the high school together, and we used to even draw identical cars, and our names are Susan, so it was, they thought that was pretty funny. That they, <laughs> they had all these same points, but uh, yeah, for, but, so it's, I think it's, it sounds good for kids these days. I don't have a job, but like you're saying, it's not... They're not getting hassled. They're not getting teased or bullied about it. Right. Yeah. I think that there's always a, a piece of that when you're growing up, mm-hmm. no matter what. You yeah. know, you can whether make fun of anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether you're self-denying or self-hating or whatever, and then mm-hmm. kind of reflecting mm-hmm. that out. Yeah. But I think the conversations are better and, and talking yeah, about absolutely. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, do, do you see other... Like, how do you view... The sense of dumb from dumb guy question, like the art scene. Do you see it different now in general than that is than how you kind of? There's so many art scenes. Yeah. So like okay, fun, so yeah. so for you, for other people who paint or who have like exhibitions or you know mm-hmm. showings and stuff like that, like basically what I'm saying, like your political piece or your conversation piece about you fucking faggot. Or fruit eating fruit. Yeah. Do you see anything like that? Anywhere? I don't see it up here. No, yeah. It's definitely something that mm-hmm. has a bigger hold. That that kind of art that's questioning or is. I think you would have a hard time not finding artists that do it, but finding some place to show it. Right. In the, the north, which is is very, pretty conservative in terms of art here. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's do it. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so that you know, my art at this point in, in my life is fits into that conservative model. <laughs> really well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not I'm not doing it on purpose, but it's just that's the direction that I went to, mm-hmm. and the one that just made me made me happier. And I, um, one of the things I'd love to see a gallery in town here where you could bring in shows that it, where it's not based on 
it's not a com- commerce thing where well they got to sell you know right. and you have to hope to sell because if you're coming all the way mm-hmm. up here from wherever you are and so I would love a gallery that we could pay artist fees so you could give if an artist that has a solo show that you could contribute seventeen hundred two thousand dollars to their expenses of coming up here to have a show mm-hmm. and uh, not have to feel like they had to sell something in order to just reimburse to themselves. Mm-hmm. Just they can present it, and I think it will be good for the community because they're going to see show that's not see shows that aren't right. necessarily landscape. Yeah, because that's a this beautiful. I mean, I paint landscapes myself, so I don't want that to stop. <laughs> but I want I want there to be more. They would yeah. be nice to get shows that were challenging that are installations where the art's not even for sale, where it's just an installation and it yeah. makes you think. And, well, it makes you think and yeah. it starts a conversation. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And then kids can go to those shows too. Kind of like the That's adult great. way of normalizing mm-hmm. the conversation that we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. Right? just and yeah. and so you know, my dream is to get a, a gallery in town that pays artist fees that then we can then bring that we can just do get grants mm-hmm. and bring artists in that uh, even abstract artists and I have a friend Sarah Northcott who lives in Smithers and does beautiful abstract art but it's hard that's a hard sell Mm -hmm. she shouldn't have to make it in order to change it in order to sell stuff she should be able Mm -hmm. to we should all be able to see this beautiful art and so if you can give her an artist fee then she can get here to smithers easy from smithers easier the the show will go up you can promote it get a promotion budget to promote it to get (laughs) people to come out to Mm -hmm. it but also get more artists from outside of the region as well because that's a possibility. And then you can get maybe some of those more edgier shows. And right. not just edgy for edgy's sake, but just things mm-hmm. that are trying to challenge the status quo or right. say something or... Do what art should be. Yeah, which, yeah, right. not just... So here it's a bit more restrictive in what you're going to be exposed to. Yeah. But I don't think that... So, so the artists, I think they're just... Some of them are just in a line between... Or they leave, because they think my right. art's more suited to mm-hmm. a larger community. Yeah. I really want to do a drag show here. <laughs> and not just for not, the shock factor. Not the drag show that they do that's like... Hey, yeah. Me, I'm, like I, yeah. I want... <laughs> yeah. it, it's an area that, you know, I hope we get into with this podcast too. But I I just think it it's such a great show of art and performance. Right. And they're so fun. And it would just be neat yeah. to do that here. Like the art of drag, not a man in a wig. Raising yeah. money, yeah. yeah, and then you go whistle at them and yeah, laugh and, and laugh, and and that's kind of fun. But yeah. the actual because it's an art form, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, people are fantastic. At it. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. And and I think even I'm raising a son, and and I want him to see all these things, and and mm. and to see the different types of art and culture, and I, sure. I think it's something we need to grow here. Just even getting contemporary First Nations art here, not just. But like, there's there's galleries in the Lower Mainland that show real contemporary First Nations art mm-hmm. that is kind of amazing that we're not seeing here. We're seeing more of a traditional like right. there's contemporary made but more traditional styles right. because that's like the the stuff that flies in this right. neck mm-hmm. of the woods. But there's also the amazing art. So it'll be just fun to be able to get for sure just a yeah. wild like have like yeah. two sides like traditional and then contemporary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, you can go back and forth and kind of just see both the whole thing mm-hmm. the gallery here does lots of sort of more traditional style beautiful art but there, and there is some con- more, there is some contemporary that happens too but it's just I think we could have more than one gallery in this town showing yeah mm-hmm. showing art 
For sure. I agree. And they don't pay artist fees there, which are there. What's that way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, either, which is too bad because they are funded. They're you know BC funded oh, oh, gallery, but this is a choice that they've made. I guess they don't take a lot of commission, but that, then again, that's that thing that then you're expected to be able to sell something in order instead of just showing your show your stuff. Yeah. And I don't know whether if someone comes from far away, whether they try to get grants to help offset the cost of travel. I don't know that. But right. I have not heard of anything like that. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. It was great talking to you today. Well, thanks for asking me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, we have some ideas for future podcasts. It would be great to come back and talk to you again, too. About your art and That'd take a look around. Amazing. Um, Quending. Okay, what's your Quending? My Quending is um, Parent Magazine in the U.S. featured um, their first gay couple on their magazine uh, with their children and uh, talking about surrogacy and just how the family's changing, how, you know, families are looking different these days and, and it's good. And of course, there's one group who thinks that Parent Magazine is now, you know, convincing others to go gay and (laughs) the gay agenda yeah (laughs) so but i thought it was exciting that you know a really big magazine yeah publication yeah so that's amazing that's my exciting topic and ontario passed a bill for same-sex couples um when they have children if when they have children together the spouse who say doesn't give birth to the child still has parental rights. They don't have to legally adopt those children anymore. It's it's just you're a family, your parents, blah blah blah, which I think is great too. Sweet. That's and that's I, just in Ontario? So far. Yeah. Um. But I'm hoping it catches on. I don't think it's changed in B C because I have friends who oh. are in same sex <laughs> relationships and then they have to adopt. Oh, okay the children to make it all legal so and then the the other uh, big news is or the one most in the news is the actor from the tv show empire i'm not sure if you're familiar with the i'm familiar with empire yeah essentially he um he created uh an anti-gay act against himself like paid someone to attack him mm-hmm. because he was not unhappy with his role i think that's what i read yeah yeah it's still unfolding like whether it was to get attention yeah but then there's of course you know the conversation is well he just kind of set back everything so no one's going to believe anymore if If you have a story like that yeah Yeah. and then others are just saying well yeah that's true but he's also kind of bringing to light just how much is out there for hate crimes against lgbt Mm-hmm. Or, um, it was really unfortunate you did that. Yeah, or if they actually put in the resources they did for his story to all the other unsolved LGBT acts, like that would be more appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, pretty crazy. Good <laughs> but good with the bad. <laughs> Anyhow, thank you again, yes. and we'll high five, take a selfie. Air five. (laughs) Thanks, Zozo. Thank you. Thank you. Okay.